This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage process into the 21st century with a fast, easy, and completely online process. Check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com forward slash fool. That's quickenloans.com forward slash fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, December 22nd, 2016, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm joined on air today by my podcasting partner in crime, Mr. Taylor Markerman. What's the good word, Taylor? Missing you in the studio, my man. I'm sorry. I, uh, I already had to travel home. They had a travel deal, and I uh, couldn't pass it up. So. I, get, I get it. I'm home for the holidays. I'm just, you know. Happens to the best of them. It does, and I am the best. <laughs> um, so anxious to get your thoughts um, on the, what BP's been up to. OPEC just cut production. BP's been one of the more far-sighted of the oil majors. Um, yeah. Break it down for us. So yeah, I mean, this is a company that I think we highlighted a few weeks back as a as one of the majors that people might want to stay tuned into, and uh, it's showing why you know they're b- becoming much more gas heavy with the latest $916 million investment in Cosmos Energy. Um, they're obviously growing in natural gas after an acquisition um, in Egypt last month. So this is just adding to um, that portfolio after they've been selling off assets over the last few years, ever since um, the Macondo spill in the Gulf of Mexico. I think they sold off around $50 billion in assets, um, trying to help pay off that $60 billion in fines, fees, and, and whatnot that came with that unfortunate mishap in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, so they're, they're finally done shedding assets, and they're starting to add um, more things on the books, leaning more towards natural gas, though, however. Yeah, so um, I've got two like ways I want to talk about this. But one, um, I was surprised to learn that... Um, so BP and its partner, Cosmos Energy, yes. they're each vesting um, a, a billion dollars each, I think, and that is only, you know, the $2 billion, $2.2 billion deal is only going to be 10% of this uh, uh, oil-slash-gas field that's in the uh, United Arab Emirates. Um, that's a large field. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, you're talking about a very significant increase in their um, accessible assets here now on the gas side of things. So um, it seems like, you know, a billion dollars here, a billion dollars there. Uh, but BP is is definitely gearing up to to ramp up production in the near and long-term future. Uh, they've already been talking about an, a $9 billion gas project internally. Um, and, and this is just adding wow. on to that. Yeah. Do you, um, this is just kind of us, you know, guessing here, but I was surprised that BP was investing in to get such a minority stake. Like, why, why was the price that good? Like, what what do you think was the thinking here? Well, so not only um, is the price seemingly all right, but they're going to be the operator. So they're going to be the one uh, doing the drilling, doing the exploration. Um, they're basically uh, so for that for, from that point of view, I think that's a, a benefit because. Um, all things to do with Macondo and the Gulf of Mexico uh, disaster aside, BP is is very very experienced in oil and gas exploration production. So I, I think that you've now got the player that should be uh, producing 
this these assets um, at at the wheel. Uh, so I think that's that's one of the bigger yeah. things that you need to pay attention to with this with this deal with Cosmos Energy. Um, so how should foolish investors interested in the energy space? Uh, you know, be thinking about this because when I see something like this, I see you know, oh, it'd be awesome if we could be you know all clean energy and everybody's just on solar and wind and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's actually very difficult. It's re- going to require trillions of dollars. Is natural gas the segue from to get us there? I mean, it does seem like more and more people are using it. It is slightly cleaner than oil. So, yep. what w- can you add some color here? Yeah, so um, when you look at global energy production, or start with the U.S. in particular, um, natural gas overtook coal as the leading producer of energy or electricity and power here in the United States this year for the first time ever. Um, And I don't expect that to to look back um, because we're producing gas at such a level that prices have remained subdued for some amount of years now. and um, But we can produce it profitably and... Uh, if you look at Europe, several countries there are talking about being completely done with coal over the next one to two decades, and um, they don't really produce a lot of natural gas. They're, they do have the assets there, but um, they, they haven't allowed those assets to be produced. So natural gas from, from other parts of Asia and U.S. in particular, uh, they're, they're going to be needed, and since we've now got exportation of LNG on the table with Chenier down uh, in Texas and a few more trains probably coming online from them over the next couple of years and then Cove Point facility here on the East Coast um, perfectly geared towards delivering natural gas to to uh, to Europe and with this field over in, in um, Africa even better access to a market that's not producing um, an energy source that they need. Awesome. So before we move on, what do you think of BP's stock these days? You got this six, seven percent yield. It's still kind of at uh, multi-year lows, lowest level since uh, the Deepwater Horizon spill. What, what, what's your thinking there? Yeah, you know, you've seen it. You've seen it bounce back a little bit from the new year, but that's been an industry trend, not necessarily BP specific. Um, but yeah, you know, it was trading over fifty dollars a share, middle of two thousand fourteen. Right now, it's right around thirty-seven dollars a share. Um, and that dividend yield is very enticing, and because of all those assets that they sold off, um, it, it's fairly secure. It's solid. So yeah, um, and I think when you look at this company, it's it's a, it's a large cap, diversified, and I think that focusing on natural gas um, is definitely going to pay off in the long run, especially as you see major oil producers and major oil producing countries still trying to figure things out. Um, a lot of scrambling going on. And there's a lot less uncertainty, I think, about the future of natural gas at the moment. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, before we move on, I wanted to give a special thanks once again to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Yeah, this episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. If you've ever bought a home, then you already know how frustrating and time-consuming getting a mortgage can be. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century by taking all of the complicated, time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your own financial situation. And you can do it all on your phone or tablet. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today 
at quickenloans.com forward slash fool. That's quickenloans.com forward slash F-O-O-L. Rocket Mortgage is an equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. All right. Thanks for that, Taylor. Yeah. And uh, so next uh, topic here, Obama's last drilling stand. Um, he cited, I think it was like a 1950s law when he did this, but... Uh, before he's leaving office here in a month, he decided to ban drilling in parts of the Atlantic and the Arctic. Um, should investors in the space care? Is this surprising? What, what what's the deal here? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's been it's been used before, but never in such a permanent fashion. Um, the Outer Continental Shelf Lands Act of 1953, um, and yeah, he's basically taking. The, the northern arctic and some of the atlantic shelf off the off the table in terms of potential drillable assets um, and no one owns these yet there but it takes off the ability of any future president um, to put these up for for auction uh, in these blocks uh-huh. out in, out on the 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 northern arctic and uh, atlantic shelf um, but as of right now i mean i don't think it's that big of a deal both sides of the argument say that so there's been lawyers on the the environmental side that say oh this can never be retracted then you have uh, a representative from the American Petroleum Institute saying oh yeah they're going to lawyer up and we're going to we're going to get this repealed or whatever <laughs> um, so depending on which way you want to go i think i think you're probably going to see um, president elect trump once he's in office try to repeal this because he did run on a platform of expanding us fossil fuel production um, and there, there supposedly are pretty vast reserves um, in the North Arctic. You saw Shell give it a go for a couple years, um, but they have since backed out after spending um, nearly $10 billion um, preparing and trying to drill. They did drill. They didn't find exactly what they were hoping to. Um, and then you, you saw prior to that, uh, they had a rig run aground um, up there in Alaska, Due to, um, I mean, it's very treacherous environment up there in terms of oil drilling. So, not only that, but it's also quite costly in terms of a dollar per barrel. Um, we've never, we haven't seen That's it. That's what I was going to mention. I was like, he's banning ridiculously expensive oil in the first place. So yeah, this is long tail oil. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is this is not something that we're going to need in the next handful of years, maybe even a decade or two. Um, if you look at how shale's doing, if you look at how how OPEC has been able to continue to increase their production, um, obviously they're cutting starting in January. But um, there's plenty of excess capacity that's much cheaper um, out there, and I think that it it might take lawyers a few a few years to get this all sorted out. But I don't think that there's going to be a sudden moment where everyone's like, you know, they got their tail between their legs because we're running out of oil and this this uh, 3.8 million acres um, in the Atlantic and 115 million acres um, in the Arctic are going to be needed. So I, I, I think it's quite the big hullabaloo right now because it's, I mean, when you say a forever ban, that is a pretty big deal and no one's done it yet um, in the history mm-hmm. of the United States. Um, but at least he's not banning oil that's more easily accessible and that won't cost triple digits per barrel to produce. Right. Um, so, really quick before we move on, to our understanding, this doesn't even affect any publicly traded companies. 
Um, yeah, to my understanding, no. I mean, obviously, the prospects that, that, that they could have bid on some of these um, blocks in, in the, in the future, now, like, yeah, uh, but that's hard to determine. You would imagine it would be a major integrated um, because only Shell has tried so far that I can think of, um, and and it w- didn't turn out very well at all for shareholders. So no, so didn't. maybe maybe this is actually a good thing for shareholders because it's gonna it's gonna not allow these companies to take this risk until it's absolutely necessary. For sure. Okay. Well, uh, before we headed out, uh, Taylor, I wanted to get um, a couple of stock picks from you, and I came up with two as well for uh, everybody's stocking. Yeah. So uh, do you, do you want to go first, or should I? I mean, we can go one and one and one and one if we want. I like it. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Um, we've been talking about oil, but I'm going to – we do, you know, say that this is an energy materials – and industrial show. So my first stock is going to come from the industrial sector. Um, speaking of aerospace, and uh, that's Boeing. Um, despite President-elect Trump's uh, Twitter uh, rant about the the high price of new Air Force Ones, I, I still think that Boeing is a great stock to check out for the long term. And maybe that, sell, that brief sell-off is providing a little bit better opportunity um, for long-term investors. Got a great free cash flow yield. You're looking at over seven percent based on FY15 free cash flow. So even higher um, if you look at the increase for FY16 fiscal year 16. Um, and they've they've made some changes that I think are going to be beneficial for the long term. Kind of create a floor for some of their production lines. Uh, they cut the production of their 777s uh, to three and a half planes per month starting in about 2018. So um, le- unlikely to go any lower. So it gives you know, analysts creating their price targets and, and folks like you and I that can understand that, hey, if there's a floor there, there's there's much more upside with limited risk. And um, they've been hiking their dividend, authorized a $14 billion share repurchase pro, uh, policy, and um, about 80% of their backlog is fixed and priced already through 2020. So, so a few years of foresight there. And, and one major thing that I do want to bring up is um, they brought on a new CEO of their um, global or their Boeing commercial aircraft uh, division, which provides about 70% of uh, Boeing's revenue, only expected to grow as a portion of that because they're launching uh, or uh, in discussion about Boeing Global Services, um, a new services uh, segment that they're, that they're really bullish on. And the new CEO come just happens to come from uh, GE, where he ran GE Aviation Services. So uh, he's got great experience, outside and perspective. He's going to under- the guy would want, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, and so he's coming from a company like GE that has probably dealt with quite a few, or if not all, of Boeing's competitors in the space. So he's going to have some insider knowledge there. And um, holiday appropriate. His name is Kevin McAllister. Boom, love it. Yes. I, I hopefully he doesn't set too many traps for uh, everybody, or maybe hopefully the competitors. Sets traps fine, for sure. Competitors. Yeah, competitors. Yeah, lay it on the line. Um, real quick, I'll be brief. Um, I wanted to highlight um, Crescent Point Energy. They are a Canadian oil producer. Yes, so they I don't are. Know, I'm interested to get your thoughts. Um, if, um, if folks want to read more about it, fool.ca. We have plenty of coverage. Yeah, there yeah. you go. 
Um, they are primarily based, correct me if I'm wrong, in western Canada, as well as a few uh, northern U.S. states, North Dakota and Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be in Colorado, I believe. Um, yeah. I've been very impressed with them. I, was, I did a deep dive on them last week. They um, increased production this past year by 10%, even though they were cutting their CapEx budget. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been free cash flow positive throughout the entire downturn. Um, last 12 months, they generated uh, free cash flow of uh, – 240 million U.S. I mean, this is like I'm sorry, Canadian dollars. Mm-hmm. So they traded a discount to their peers like Suncor Energy and uh, Imperial Oil. They trade for about 1.6 times tangible book value. These guys are 0.97. Um, if you're a believer in uh, you know a bit of an oil rebound, I I would highly recommend checking them out. Perfect. Yeah, I can't argue too too heavily against that selection. Um, as I mentioned, Fool.ca. You can check out uh, all we have to talk about in Canada about about uh, CPG. And uh, my second stock, reverting right back to the energy sector, um, not a producer, but I'm going with Enbridge, also a Canadian company, but you can buy it um, in the U.S. You don't have to go up to the TSX to acquire shares of Enbridge, just like CPG also traded in the U.S. Um, I'm looking at this company because they're becoming much more balanced in terms of their uh, pipeline throughput. They're, they're lowering their liquids from about 84% to 49% because uh, the acquisition of Spectra Energy, which is a much more natural gas heavy um, pipeline company. And I see tons of synergies here. Uh, Expectations to grow the dividend per share by about 15% in 2017, um, up from their previous targets. And and then they're targeting still a double-digit increase through 2024 per year, and that's between 10 to 12%. So if you love dividend growers, uh, along with a company that could also uh, accelerate the share price growth, then I think Enbridge is a great place to look. Um, I'm a Spectra shareholder, and so while I kind of wished I could have just held Spectra, um, I'm still going to hold those Enbridge shares when that finally goes through, um, just to maintain that access to Spectra's um, pretty valuable assets on the East Coast, which is fairly underserved in the natural gas market. Awesome. And uh, my final pick here, I wrote about in the the article on Fool.com, which is recently posted, three oil stocks to buy just in time for the holidays, and my pick was Noble Energy. Okay. Um, these guys are primarily offshore. They have some uh, onshore you know, shale drilling, and I believe the opposite was out of uh, Colorado, but they shut that down when the downturn started. Um, so they've primarily focused now on uh, Gulf of Mexico here in the U.S., and then Mediterranean. They've got a huge field over there in the eastern Mediterranean, and they're also off the coast of Africa. Um, low-cost producer because they've got these long-tail projects, and they're increasing uh, oil production, I'm sorry, uh, barrels of oil equivalent production this year, 6%. Um, I think they're probably going to come in at about 425,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day this year when all is said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be cash flow break even this year. Uh, I've been very impressed with their ability to just kind of keep a lid on costs throughout uh, the obvious uncertainty they've been dealing with. Um, they are part of the natural gas global trend that we were talking about earlier. They recently signed a contract with Jordan's Natural Electric Power Company to supply uh, natural gas from that huge field in the Mediterranean. I think it's called they call it the Leviathan Field. How's yeah. that for a name? I mean, it speaks and, to uh, the asset base. There, go ahead. What was that, Taylor? I mean, it speaks to the size of the asset base there, Leviathan. Yeah, that right. is uh, it is appropriate. And um, for those of you who are curious, they're probably going to be uh, lose money this year on a gap basis, but as we all know, that's uh, 
all kinds of fun write-offs in there, but they will probably be earning, you know, three three fifty a share into the end of the decade. So, mm-hmm. highly recommend checking out Noble. Yeah, so we covered we covered the gamut there. We have a pipeline, uh, one of the biggest in the in North America. Once they combine, offshore drilling, uh, Canadian producer with some U.S. assets, and uh, one of the bigger airline manufacturers or aerospace manufacturers in the world. Wow, we uh, that that's a diversified portfolio right there, and drop, it's a dividend pay, and you're good to go. Yeah, some dividends <laughs> right there for you. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thanks for your thoughts, Taylor. Have a great uh, holiday. Yeah, same to all of our listeners out there. And that is it for us, folks. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. As always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. Taylor Markman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!